You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Padres Social Hour, Thursday, June 25th, 2020. And we are perhaps less than a week away from some sort of formal group baseball activity at Petco Park. We're getting closer and closer. Fun Thursday show for you. We'll talk to the Padre manager, Jace Tingler, about everything that's going to go on here uh, during spring training 2.0, or as I've now decided to call it, summer camp. And uh, we will do all of the fun stuff along with uh, my very fun co-workers, uh, your friends and mine, Don Orsillo and Mark Grant, the television voices of your San Diego Padres. Uh, Don's goatee is back. That's the first thing I'm noticing. It's back. Yeah. It's back. It's gray. It's back. You're disobeying your mother. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. No, she's not happy at all. Had a conversation over the weekend about it. And, oh, really? uh, but it is. This is it. This is my face. This is how it's going to be. <laughs> and, uh, I have to, the next step is a new product. That's clear. It's back. Had to grow it back. It took no time at all. I wish I could grow hair on my head the way I can grow it on my <laughs> face. Uh, because clearly I can't do that all that well or quickly. Um, so the next step is product and I uh, take any advice from anybody on good, good product. You really can't tell. Uh, we'll try that touch of gray thing again. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? I was thinking with the mustache, I wanted to bleach it straight white. <laughs> Go Mr. Clean maybe. Uh-huh. Because there's more gray like, like, than uh, Captain Kangaroo-ish. Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could wear a mop on my head like Captain Kangaroo. Watch Captain Kangaroo as a kid, Mister Green Jeans. Remember that's him? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> sorry, then, Jesse. Yeah, it's really I, yeah, I got nothing. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, you're lost. Yeah, more dated, older than yeah. us. Older. <laughs> I could talk How to you about baseball from that day? era, but not children's. How program. was your guys' Father's Day? Lovely. Yeah, oh, it was great. nice. I mean, everything is, uh, you know, we're not used to being home for that sort of thing. So like Mother's Day, it was no. nice to actually just be with the family all day. That's, that's a very rare, almost impossible thing uh, to, to happen sure. during the baseball season. So that's one of those silver linings. How about you? Donnie? Weird. I, I mean, I haven't been home like for the whole day on a Father's Day. Usually you come home after a day game, best case scenario, or if you're not in some other city. I guess last year we were in Colorado for Father's Day, so it was unusual. I actually did what uh, I guess dads do. I grilled, which was uh, awesome. I did some hot dogs and some sausage and stuff, and it was was good. Yeah, it was great. It was good to see how people uh, have uh, summer holidays, Mm -hmm. uh, because I've never done like a July 4th or or not 30-something years, so. You know, it's great, guys. We have discussed this when we're on the road like we have an off day on the road. I love during the summer that 4.30 hour to game time. You know what I'm saying? When you're not working. Obviously, when we're at the ballpark, we're doing our stuff, getting ready for a ball game. But when we're on the road and when our flip-flops and our dry fit and going out maybe for dinner or something, I get choked up just talking about it. Anyway. (laughs) um, Yeah. I I just love that part of the evening, like 4 to like 7, 7.30 to where you know you don't have to work and you don't have any responsibilities. You can just go out. 
have a nice dinner, hang with you guys, have a social sparkler. And that's the one thing about Father's Day. Every, all my troops were home. It was a great afternoon and uh, just leisurely time around the house. It was great. Any gifts? Uh, yes. In fact, my daughter, this is awesome. My daughter <laughs> got me a pair of socks. You know, I love socks. Jesse yeah. wears crazy socks too. With Butter's face on it. <laughs> Isn't that that's cute? All, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. That's a so great Father's Day gift. It is. It Way really to go, Alexis. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Hey, uh, uh, Jesse, before we get started, can I say hi to three people? Because they're sure. loyal watchers and pottery fans, and you guys know them. Elise Yamamoto. Elise has been up to the booth. Uh, Samantha and Brett are his parents. Uh, her parents, Donnie. Yes. They live in Alpine. Aiden's yep. friend. Yep. She watches. Uh, Austin Prather, of course, is a huge Padre fan. You guys know Austin. Yeah. And uh, Tyler De La Cruz. They always watch. Nice. Loyal fans, thank you for watching. I would promised I was going to say hi to them. That's very nice. Let me ask you, though, what about all the other people? All the other people, welcome. We appreciate you watching. Friar yeah, Faithful. Susie, uh, Alejandra, yeah, Gustavo. Dina, Dina Michelle, Alejandra. Yeah. Uh, yes. Come on. Terry, Standing Wood, is one. Chris. Oh, Chris from Park, We're at your home. Maybe we Susie should all stand Butcher. as one. Yeah. What do you think, oh, Mud? Want to stand yeah. as one, Friar Faithful, sure. in our homes? Yeah. Maybe later. Maybe later in the show when we're getting close to the end, like the ninth yeah. inning. We'll do it. Thanks for watching. Like Kirby's out there. Two right. out. Oh, two strikes. Cody Bellinger. Everybody up. Everybody up. Lacey. Got to mention Lacey. Yeah. Thank you, Lacey. That's going to be weird, man. Safe situation. No fans. Yeah. Remy. <laughs> it's baseball. Ah, oh, from Culiacan, Mexico. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it, it, so yeah, like we're, we're, we're actually now kind of looking at this thing. Like we have some sense of what's coming, which is odd. We certainly don't have all the details, uh, schedule probably a couple of days out at the latest. It sounds like, uh, but we don't have that yet. Uh, we did get some information today, some reports on some different, uh, things that we didn't really know yesterday as far as what this 60 game 2020 season might look like. We'll, we'll run through a couple of slides here and, uh, talk about some of the new information we gleaned today. Uh, this courtesy of Kenny Rosenthal of the athletic and Fox sports, uh, clubs today, they were told, uh, will be permitted to schedule up to three exhibition games uh, at the end of summer camp. Uh, if you're not located near any potential opponents, you can schedule games against that team you're going to play on opening day. Um, so I think that's that's a real positive if you're able to do that. Um, Mud, we've heard a lot about, you know, inter-squad games and that kind of stuff, which I'm sure will be taking place. But there is something, I'm sure psychologically at least, a little bit different about facing guys in a different uniform. Yes, when you are forced to play against your own uniform for weeks on end practice gets very very that's why in spring training you talk to guys is spring training too long i mean guys are there a week week and a half and they say you know we want to start games now middle of february they got to wait two two and a half weeks whatever they want to start games sooner they want to get out there against other teams gives you a different look so it gets very very boring when you're facing the same batting practice pitcher you're facing your own teammates you know you're doing enough to especially if you're on the bubble to try to make the team. If you're a veteran, you're just getting in shape, getting ready for that bell to ring opening day. But yes, mix it up. You need to see new faces. You need to see new uniforms to ramp up that intensity level, I believe. So uh, that's a good thing. 
That and hitters' timing. I mean, I think for me, that's a big thing. You hear so much about starting pitchers and pitching in general and, and spring training is really for the pitching, and that's why it is as long as it is, the whole six-week process with the pitchers and catchers getting there early. But now you're ramping up pretty quickly and getting going here. One of the key things about the beginning of spring training for hitters is the timing and and getting back to be able to hit a fastball, curveball, slider, whatever it is, uh, that comes. But you're not really going to get that unless you face other competition in type game-type situations to get that kind of timing down so i think they need at least two or three of those type games what is that maybe that's 12 at bats maybe 13 at bats in three games uh so that that'll be key but uh, it'll be interesting to see you know how condensed and, and i remember this actually mud you'll remember this as well uh back in the day when uh the last labor disagreement took place after 94 uh, they came back and did it in two weeks and people felt like hey we're good. We're good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be real curious to see if what works out to be almost a three-week period here if they go, you know what? This was fine. You know, yeah. I don't know if we need six weeks of this, so we'll see. Jesse, I know you want to chime in on this. I'll just be real brief. Spring training, it's great for the cities in Arizona and Florida. It's a great six weeks, seven weeks, you know, for the restaurants, everybody to congregate there and have a good time. And uh, it's a moneymaker for those cities as well. So sure. that's, I think, the bottom line. But you're right. I think players are so well in tune with staying in shape during the offseason that they get to spring training, they just have some tuning up to go and then got to go. It's different yeah, from I, back in your day when you guys were coming in all fat and happy. Oh, yeah. Now it's time to get in shape. I get yeah. six weeks to do it. Yeah, now, I had 20 pounds to lose in six weeks. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 different, I think. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no doubt, I think. And, Mud, you hit it on the head. Uh, you know, we've seen the way the city of Peoria has risen around that complex. It's a phenomenal thing for the yeah. local economy. Um, you know, there, there's real money that's made during spring training. You know, we go to the Sloan Park to see those Cub games. It doesn't matter what time of day it is, what day of the week it is. There are people falling out of it. Uh, same as the Giants in Scottsdale. Um, it, it's good for the local economy. So it's hard to imagine putting all of that toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the general structure or skeleton of spring training has been very similar for a very long time. And and yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Don. There's got to be some stuff that comes out of all of this, or at least in the back of their minds, you know, people in baseball are going to say, okay, maybe, you know, we can tweak X and Y, uh, even if we do go back to a more traditional uh, spring training game schedule in 2021 or 22. It makes sense to me, and, and and you're right. I mean, I think that there is a huge economic spinoff there, and it would be terrible for uh, the communities in Florida and in Arizona to not have that kind of length of time, especially in Peoria, where they have baseball every day between us yeah. and the Mariners. So, uh, and, and there is a reason that it is that length. I mean, it is really for the pitchers to stretch it out, and uh, but I do think at times it, it runs a little long, especially for position players. I mean, you always hear from them, like, I'm good after about two to three weeks, certainly, of game at that point uh, i don't need you know to play 32 games which is what i think our schedule was supposed to be this year yeah that's it all right so uh, more information as far as the 2020 schedule uh, is concerned evan drellick of the athletic had this today uh, mlb did get a sign off from the players association on the schedule uh behind the scenes i guess by this afternoon uh, the people who are in tier one and tier two which is basically who can be in communication or within physical proximity i guess of the players uh do traveling that kind of stuff they had to be all put on a list uh, he did follow up a little while later that he probably would not expect a schedule until next week we've heard the same uh the one other piece of schedule information that i think we got yesterday was just that on that uh, whatever that Thursday is, is that July 22nd or 23rd? Whatever the Thursday is, I think there would be two games uh, for national TV and really kind of kick things off. 
And again, I, I hypothesized Don on the show yesterday, probably the Yankees in the early game and the Dodgers in the late game against whomever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just trying to put baseball back on, on the main stage and then everybody else would open up uh, the next day, Friday. Yeah, I kind of wondered what the 23rd or 24th thing was. I kind of left that open a little bit, and uh, that just that now makes sense that some teams will be opening on the 23rd and others on the 24th. I also found interesting today some some different things that are starting to leak out. How true they are, we don't know, uh, but some some reports of, about uh, the series lengths uh, within your division. Certainly get the 40 games against the teams in your own division that we would normally play in the National League West, uh, but some of those series, uh, the indication is that they may be five-game series. That's a long series, but you would only go to that city one time. And of course they'd come to you for perhaps five games and then there's your 10 games. So, uh, it, 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 not only are they doing it geographically with adding the AL West, um, but also, uh, you're having a situation where you're only, you're limiting the number of trips to the different cities to one trip. If you play those five game series, to me, that's going to be a very long series. To me, four game series seems mm-hmm. like long series, but a five game series. Uh, but it's all part of what this is going to be. It's not going to be the same. It's all going to be different. It takes me back to my minor league days, especially in the PCL where <laughs> in a matter of 14 days, you'd play the Tacoma Tigers 12. And it's, wow. it's, oh, it's just ridiculous. Like you said five game series. And um, as far as travel is concerned, I, I tell you what, I, I don't like to be skeptical, but I mean, with the number of bodies that are going to be traveling and with numbers going up as we see each and every day, it's going to be a challenge for these teams to remain healthy and players to be, remain healthy. And the protocol that they're going to have to go through, even when they get into the ballpark, I mean, get into the ballpark and then around the ballpark, dugout, yeah. clubhouse. I mean, it's going to be so complex. I don't even think we realize how complex it's going to be until we experience it. Yeah, I think. Sorry, Don, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's inevitable that it's going to happen, that there are going to people be people who are positive. And the question is how many, uh, but it sounds like they've got a plan in place here that if that does happen, what they do. And I think that's the key. I think going into it, knowing you're going to run into that with the number of people traveling, uh, you can't completely control everything, although they're doing everything po- humanly possible to keep them safe and, and, and not contract it. Uh, but it, it, you have to feel it's going to happen. I mean, just law of average. Uh, um, and, and what they do afterwards, I guess, is the key. And, and hopefully it does not shut down the game at any point. Hey, hey Don and Jesse, question for you. Is this going to be one of those years if they do actually play that the term always thrown around? Oh, if they stay healthy, could this be the year to where the healthiest team, the fewest numbers of positives or hamstrings or shoulders or elbows is the team that's going to eventually kind of maybe win? It'll be a, it'll be a huge piece of it. I, I mean, you know, it, it's it's an opportunity as weird as that sounds. And like you said, not just in terms of covid, but in terms of, you know, muscle injuries and you know yeah. taking stretching maybe more seriously than you did a year ago. All that kind of stuff. The team that does that the best will win games that they had no business winning. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah, I mean, if you, you missing zero time is huge. You miss some time on the IL in this situation, in sixty games. I mean, that is a huge disadvantage. Yeah. And if you, and if you have several guys go down, you know, you're really in a, a tough, tough spot. And mm-hmm. you're going to get to see how much depth is in each organization. And I really feel like there's a couple of things that really helped the Padres out a great deal here. 
I think they are very deep. This 60-man situation they're going to have with the taxi squad and everything else out. We've, we've talked about our farm system for a long time. It is very strong, and we're going to probably get a real good look at it. That's one. Two, I think the Padres bullpen this year is maybe the best bullpen they've had here I don't know about ever, but for a long time. And I think that's going to play into these games huge. I, I think this this short sprint is a very good thing for the San Diego Padres. Could be. We'll see. I'm right there I with love, you. We yeah, I love it. the guys. I love the guys we saw in spring training. It was as if the players that were going in backing up the veteran guys, those were the guys we we're going to see during a regular season. So, and you know, the names kind of escape me right now, but we saw those guys consistently, right? Jesse, right, Don? They would pinch it, they'd come in and play a defensive position. And that's what I like, the depth of those the players. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I really am. Yeah, it, it'll be so different than anything else. And, and I agree. Padres seem very well set up when you consider the depth and talent in the farm system uh, and the depth and talent of the pitching staff, too. I mean, uh, Jace Tingler said it yesterday, and we'll hear from Jason in a few minutes. You know, they, they were going to have three or four guys probably uh, who were going to have to go down to AAA from the bullpen. And now with a 30-man roster at the start of the season, you can use that to your advantage, uh, guys that probably would be on a lot of other big league rosters. So there, there's definitely – Great opportunity there. Um, there is also the opportunity for very weird, weird things to happen in a 60-game season. You know, not only uh, like the Marlins coming out of nowhere to make the playoffs, which would have been unthinkable over the course of 162 games, uh, but, you know, other stuff like this. Jason Stark wrote a great story. Don't put it up yet, Cole. Oh, yeah, spoil it. It was going to be a quiz for Don and Mud. Uh, but basically, it's, it's too late now. Put it up. It's fine. Um, it's like you could have a team pitch a perfect game and lose. Um, now, obviously, that has never happened in baseball history, Major League Baseball history before. But if you're going to have this extra inning rule, imagine, right? Team has nine perfect innings. But then mm-hmm. in the 10th, the guy starts on second base, goes to third on a wild pitch, scores on a sacrifice fly. Wow. That could be the difference in a game. And it would still <laughs> technically, according to Elias, he said, be a perfect game. Don, you don't love this stuff as much as Mud and I do, but that's a pretty good one. That, that is really good. I mean, and there'd be fewer jumping around in excitement if you lose, right? I mean, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, I hadn't thought of that. That's unbelievable. I mean, I think the whole concept, when it came out and they started doing it in the minor leagues, you know, it, it intrigued me a little bit because, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never really been a fan of extra inning baseball that gets past, say, mm. the 11th or 12th <laughs> inning. I mean, Come on, and, Don. And it's not just about us and, and you know, the length of the game, um, but what it does to your bullpen and your team over the next yeah. week, you know, no, it can really set you back. We saw it what, a couple years ago, the 16-inning game uh, we had in Arizona. Um, and it messes you up for a couple days, maybe a yeah. week. So uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm actually really excited to see this. I think it's going to be cool. You make a great point too. Not, not only can the super crazy long extra inning games mess up your bullpen, but that game you, you referenced in Arizona, I believe the game was decided mud by a Will Myers home run hit off of a backup catcher. Yes, Jeff yeah. Mathis, right? Jeff, Jeff Mathis. Mathis. So good call. It seems yeah. less weird than that. I got to be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind the rule uh, changes, and I, I think other sports have evolved. Why not baseball and have a little fun with it? I, I think it'll be great for the fans, and in that, well. There's not going to be any fans in the uh, in the stands to enjoy, but people watching on TV. I think it'll be. I think people will say, "Hey, there are extra innings. Um, you know, you got to watch, uh, see what's going on. This is the first time we've ever experienced this. I think it'll be great for the game. It'll be yeah, great for uh, the fans. I'm, I'm with you. Kind of a, another exciting thing. Uh, this was another funny one and something I had not thought of. Our buddy Mike Farron uh, from SiriusXM and, and from the Diamondbacks radio broadcast. How about this that he throws out there, right? Because you're only playing the NL West and the AL West. He says there's a chance you play your World Series opponent during the regular season, but not your playoff opponent. So imagine the Padres end up in the World Series against, let's say, the Astros, who they face during the regular season, but they might have to get through the Mets in the NLCS, who they will not have played 
during the regular uh, year. Wow. That is another very little weird possibility here in 2020. Wow. There's a lot of stuff, but I, you know, I really feel like this is the time to do it because it's going to be yep. so unusual. Let's do all the fun stuff. Let's make this fun. And, and I think the fact that it is only 60 games is so exciting and brings such meaning to every game. I mean, if you think about the regular season as it stands right now, the 162 games, the great teams who win 100 games lose 62 that's a lot of losses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I think it just brings importance to every game, and I think it's going to be exciting. And the legitimacy of it is, you know what? The Yankees and Dodgers had to play 60 games. Every every team has to play 60 games. So if there's going to be a World Series winner, you know what? what weren't there fewer games in 90? Somebody, somebody I saw on Twitter. Oh, I know what it was. Somebody on Twitter mentioned the Washington Redskins as far as winning a Super Bowl. There was only nine games yeah. during that season. But yet, you know, everybody says, well, Washington won the Super Bowl. Uh, Nobody says, you know, very rarely, oh, but there was only nine games. No, they were the legitimate winners of the Super Bowl. I've never heard anybody in recent years qualify the Braves title in 95 with a shorter season. And it wasn't this short, obviously. I've never heard anybody recently qualify the 81 Dodgers World Series with the split season and the strike this year. Eventually, it just sort of melts into the history books. And I know this is probably more extreme than either one of those examples. But the reality is the winner is the winner. Like It's going to be that way on paper for the rest of time. By the way, did you guys see the Nationals World Series jewelry? Yeah. The ring? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's yeah, nice. Like a month ago, maybe wow. two. Yeah. Could you see an SDN one of those things? One oh day? yeah. Yes. I'm locked into this pen right here. Hey, what's going on what's there? Going on? Shiny thing? What's going on? Yeah, just so shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were on medication for that stuff. No. <laughs> no. Okay. HIPAA. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I announced that on. <laughs> yeah. Padre Social Hour. That's all. That's all good. <laughs> I'm a uh, hater. Yeah. Uh, DH in the National League. That's another one uh, that, you know, we, we've talked about on the show, but not necessarily together. I loved this, though. The Rangers on Twitter today, <laughs> they have no problem. And then just a bunch of videos of their pitchers flailing in interleague games, which I thought <laughs> was very, very funny. <laughs> Pretty good hacks, though. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Having called what? a lot of American League pitchers hitting. It's really bad in interleague. I mean, those guys, yeah. they literally don't take BP till like a week before. They, they start taking a little BP before that interleague series is coming up. And it's just, it's ugly. It's eyewash. It's eyewash. It's, it's brutal. So I'm okay with it this year. Yeah. Hey, as, I, I, this is kind of going off on a tangent a little bit as far as pitchers hitting, but there's the eyewash. There it is. Uh, I, I saw a funny tweet from somebody. They said, even though the season is going to be only 60 games, the Tigers are still going to lose 100. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Ron Gardenhire thinks it's too funny. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, call him and ask him. They're yes, going to go out there and compete just like everybody else, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the DH thing, I think it's pretty well-worn territory at this point. It seems to set up, you know, well for the Padres, but uh, in terms of, you know, Naylor, France, whomever, you know, give a day to Machado and that kind of thing. But uh, on top of that, you know, Jace was asked about it yesterday on this conference call with the media, and we'll hear from Jace Tingler in a few minutes. Um, but he, he said, hey, look, with guys like Lamed, Richards coming back from injuries, 
uh, Don, he didn't seem disappointed at all that those guys weren't going to be up there swinging the bat and running the bases. Yeah, especially coming from his American League background in Texas uh, with seeing those guys have to compete in that situation. It's just an added element that, you know, while I love it, I be honest with you, I think it is great. And I and and coming to the National League, uh, what, four years ago, it was, to me, really, really cool. But to me, it was more about a strategy thing and how the game was different from the American League. But that said, you, you put your pitcher at quite a risk to have a lot of things go bad. Not a lot of good comes out of your pitcher hitting. Uh, a lot of bad things can happen during that time. Running the bases, swinging, mm-hmm. doing whatever, bad things can happen, and this eliminates that completely. You don't have to worry about that. Your pitcher now just worries about pitching. Long looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has done it. The impossible has happened. Counterpoint. <laughs> yeah, we won't have that. <laughs> that's a big man right there going yard you know wow. it's funny i i was with him one season and we played in philadelphia and he swung so hard at one pitch that his helmet came off stuff was flying all over the place and i thought to myself at that time and I, i'm trying to remember what year that even was but it was part of his comeback after he had been away a year and he he I mean, I said, if he ever makes contact, that ball is going to go a really long way. And it did. It happened right here at Petco Park. 2008. Yeah, he was entertaining, uh, whether he made contact or not. Great athlete, Bartolo Colon. We've seen some of his defensive skills as well. Very good athlete. Coming off that that under the legs uh, play, was it against the Marlins a couple years ago? That was fascinating. Yeah. He, he's he's an interesting cat. I don't think yep. there's any question about that. But anyway, I'll put you guys both on the spot right here. Uh, no, uh, there is a DH in 2020 in the National League. That's official. 2021, not technically. They said it's it's back to normal next year. And then a new CBA, obviously, for 22. They can obviously negotiate changes between now and 2021. Do you think the DH is here to stay in the National League? I guess my I question so. is, will we ever regularly see pitchers hit again in the National League, Don? I, I hope not. I, I like the difference in the games. I really do. I, I, I as I said when I first got here, I, I that, to me it was the coolest part of the game. Uh, it changed how managers manage. You really got to manage in the National League, American League. You, there's very little, very few decisions you actually make. Am I going to pinch it here? Yeah, maybe I will, but there's like no impact. You know, I mean, it's like. Yeah. I hope it doesn't, but I do think that some of the things that they're implementing now probably will stick in the new CBA. I hope it sticks as well, Don, but I think it's inevitable that there's going to be DH. And I forgot who it was I was talking to. This was years ago, and I never thought of it this way. Yes, a manager has to strategize and know who to pinch hit, how to double switch in a certain game type situation. But this uh, who was it? Uh, it is, his name escapes me. He said, in the National League, the game pans out by itself. You know what you have to do in certain situations. You know you have to make a move, right, if the pitcher spot is coming up. He said the difficulty in the American League, what makes it so difficult in the American League, is let's say you have a roster of nine guys, whatever, that are really good players. When do you give those guys a respite? When do you guys sit those guys, give them a spell to where you got to keep the other guys on the bench sharp? Those guys can deteriorate and rot yeah. on the bench if they don't get – so that was his argument there, and I thought it was a very valid point. So uh, I want it to stay. I want the pitcher to remain hitting, but I think it's inevitable that the DH will be in effect after 
the next CBA? I think I'd know the answer from Mark Sweeney if we asked Mark Sweeney what he thought. I mean, that, that's how, I mean, you think about yeah. the, the number of pinch hits he had. Uh, sure. That's, that's Third right. all time, second all time. Second right? all time. And, and yeah. it's, it's like those guys, that's how, that's their game. You know, I mean, that's how they stay fresh. And it was hard in the American League to get guys. All of a sudden, you'd have an injury. And now you got to go to the bench to get a guy who hasn't played in like nine days. So it, yeah. it's totally a different thing. This is this is maybe a little too inside baseball to, to make a good point, but where it's always so striking to me, guys, is when we go to the American League Park and they give us our official stat sheet, and it's like this big. As opposed to the NL places, it's this big yeah. because you have all the pitchers hitting and all the pinch hitters. It, it's like just looking at that, you're like, oh, my gosh, like nobody else has it bats other than yeah. these nine guys who play every day, whereas with the National League, you know, a, a random utility guy is going to get, you know, at bats five times a week, four times a week, you know, just because of a random pinch hit appearance, if nothing else. And how about keeping score, guys? You don't have to put that player right in the number nine spot where the pitcher, you know, the double switch or whatever. It's like I, I caught myself many times. Oh, a new pitcher. And then I go, okay, well, I don't have to put him in the lineup. I could just put him list them on the pitchers. You could guess a lineup on a daily basis because yeah. most American League teams have a left-handed hitting lineup and a right-handed hitting lineup. And depending who the starting pitcher is that day, there's your nine. You know I mean? That's mm-hmm. kind of the way it works. And it, it, you can almost go ahead and do your lineup sheet without checking the lineup. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, the guy filling out the lineup card for the Padres this year, of course, will be Jace Tingler. Uh, at some point, likely, what, July 24th, uh, he will officially, I guess, manage a game for the Padres. Nobody thought it would take this long for him to get that underneath of his belt. Uh, but Jace, obviously, very, very busy as the Padres get ready to start uh, spring training 2.0 next week at Petco Park. He was nice enough to carve out a little bit of time for us, and I chatted with him earlier this afternoon. <laughs> Jace, thanks for taking a few minutes for us. I know things very busy uh, there at Peco Park as things continue to ramp up for the start of this 2020 season. Let's dive into it. What What's your message to this team as they start to come into Peco Park? Uh, just from a, a broad sense, what, what are we trying to get out of these next three weeks? Well, first of all, it's going to be good uh, getting everybody back together and seeing everybody. Um, you know, we've been communicating some through, you know, phone, through, through Zoom, through uh, FaceTime and, you know, there's been a big portion of guys here. So, uh, it's just gonna be good seeing everybody. Obviously we got a lot of protocols and things to go through. Um, so that's probably first and, and, and probably most important, honestly, um, especially with, you know, just being responsible. We're going to have, you know, um, some staff members and, and, uh, we certainly, you know, the players, um, you know, know people that, you know, ultimately, you know, our decisions and the way we take care of ourselves and all that um, is how it's going to affect people. Uh, so that's probably the first message. And then, um, you know, getting back and getting to work, getting into the baseball action. And I think that that's going to come naturally, um, you know, pretty easy for the guys because they're excited for that. Let me ask you a question that we've kicked around a little bit on the show in recent weeks. There might not be an answer to it, which is fine, of course. But the subject of position battles, I mean, we as broadcasters, media types, fans, whatever, during regular spring training, we talk a lot about that and we probably oversimplify it to a great degree. Uh, but nonetheless, things like that can be decided during spring training in normal times. Can that happen now? Is there a way to evaluate now or is this more just about getting as many guys ready as is possible? Uh it's probably getting as many guys as ready as possible. And, you know, we talked going into the year before all this that, um, 
you know, it's we're going to need a big group of guys to help to contribute in order for us to go uh, where we want to go. And that's probably even more so true now. Um, we cannot predict, uh, you know, like what's going to happen um, uh, just with the, uh, you know, the COVID and all that. I'm equally concerned with, uh, you know, injuries as well, whether that's leg injuries, obliques, arm injuries. Uh, with guys cranking up, you know, quickly. Um, and, you know, when you're playing a two-month season, um, a six- or eight-week uh, oblique injury uh, could ultimately, you know, be your season. Uh, so, you know, just the importance of uh, getting as many guys into game shape, into mid-season form uh, as safely and as quickly as possible, I think is going to be a little bit more of, of uh, you know, our main objective. How big of a challenge is that? You know, these guys are the ultimate competitors. They're professional athletes. They want to go, go, go full throttle all the time. I mean, that's pretty much how they are. Uh, what You know, veteran guys probably understand it a bit more than younger guys. But well, what can be communicated to say, hey, we, we, we want to be thinking about the long term here? You know, we've had a lot of discussions on uh, over the last couple months of if we get this opportunity and we believe we were going to get this opportunity, but what we needed to do. And so I think like the, the main thing is I feel very confident our group, um, we're going to be ready to go. Uh, we talked about, it's going to be a short spring training. What are the things we need to do prior to all this? Uh, so ultimately we can, uh, get into inner squads earlier. We can face uh, live uh, live pitchers. Our pitchers can face our hitters. We got to get running the bases. We got to get live reads. And so, as a staff, we can only prepare um, uh, or, or move as fast as our, as our players are are ready for it, and as our players are are prepared. And so, I feel very confident we're going to be able to to get up and running um, very early into camp. You mentioned the pitching. How many thoughts and conversations have taken place in terms of the way the, the staff might be utilized and some of the different things you're probably going to end up having to do this year? Yeah, um, we, we've seen a lot of our pitchers, whether they're in uh, Arizona or whether they're here in San Diego, and uh, a couple went home and, and we've been in touch with them. Um, so, you know, most of our guys are built up fairly well right now. Um, but, uh, you know, they're probably only going to get you know, if you're a starting pitcher, you may get three or four uh, spring training starts and then the season goes. So I think it's safe to say, um, you know, we're, we're going to start with 30 man rosters instead of 26. Uh, we're probably going to carry some extra arms and we're going to need all of those, those pitchers and those arms, um, you know, helping out. As a baseball nerd and a detail freak, I was kind of fascinated. One of the things that came up yesterday in your conference call with reporters about one of the things you'll be working on during these three weeks, which is stuff like where to sit in the dugout, uh, because everything is so different now. And just sort of trying to make sure you're in compliance with the rules, but also that it makes sense. Um, take us through maybe some of the things you guys are going to be trying to figure out uh, just in terms of like logistics that normally maybe you wouldn't give much thought to. Yeah, you know, uh, whether it's myself, staff members, you know, the players, we've all been, you know, playing the game a certain way, um, and, and it's probably second nature. And now, um, you know, going over some of the protocols, you know, it may be only uh, four, five, or six players in the dugout, um, you know, in between innings. And so, you know, where are our guys going to sit? What are we going to do um, if we need a pinch hitter, uh, a defensive uh, replacement, a pinch runner? Um, where are those guys going to be lined up? And uh, how quick can we get them ready and get them into the game? Um, 
you know, I think the, the, the pitchers, they're going to have to get used to not being able to go to their mouth. Or are they going to use a, you know, a, you know, a wet rag and, and things like that. So I just think all the, the, the things and, and again, um, you know, like I stated yesterday, we don't have all the details yet. Uh, they're coming. Um, uh, we've read over some of them, uh, more emails and more information. Um, you know, we're going to get some tonight. We're going to get some tomorrow. And then, uh, you know, as quickly as we can read over them, best understand them and then, uh, start implementing them into our spring training. Uh, last thing for you with this spring training coming up, w- when we talk about it, when when we refer to it, when we reference it, is it fair to say it's going to be very different than the normal spring training? Putting the games aside, and, and I just saw a few minutes ago, it looks like there may be going to be a couple of games at the end of the thing, uh, either against a local team or against uh, the team you're going to open up against. But uh, aside from the game aspect of it, it, it is it going to be wildly different than what we normally do just because of the constraints of the facility? Or, or are you going to try and make it as much like a normal spring training as possible? I think we're going to do the, the, the best we can at, at, at making it normal. I think they're just going to be um, – I, I think the biggest adjustments are going to be more in the clubhouse, not necessarily in the game. You know, the, the, the game of baseball is still the same. We've got to throw the ball over the plate. We've got to get barrel the ball. We've got to catch and throw the ball. I, I, I think all those things are, you know, still, you know, very close to the same. That's the beautiful part about baseball. I think the thing that's going to be different is, uh, you know, the rules in the clubhouse clubhouse and certainly coming in and the protocols uh, before we're allowed in the, in the uh, clubhouse, getting your temperature taken, doing COVID tests, making sure we're six feet away, not, uh, you know, hanging out in, uh, you know, in groups. So all those things I think is going to be different. I'm hoping, and I, and I think I'm right on that, on, on this part is that I think um, our normalcy or our enjoyment's going to come at that seven o'clock, seven o five time when it's time to play the game, and the guys can just kind of double down on, you know, the fundamentals of the game, what they know, and and uh, they got an opportunity to be, you know, the just kind of uh, you know a bunch of grown men playing a kids' game, and, and and that's what you know we all love love about this game. An escape for them the way it's an escape for us and all the fans who watch and listen. Makes sense. Chase, really do appreciate it. Again, I know it's uh, a little hectic there as you get ready for this. Uh, Good luck with everything. I'm sure we'll be talking soon, but uh, thank you for hanging out and and have a great start to uh, to summer camp next week. (laughs) Thank you, Jesse. And uh, I enjoyed talking to you and uh, look forward to next time as well. Padre manager Jace Tingler really uh, do uh, very much appreciate the time. Bring Don and Mud back in now. Guys, a couple of things that really stood out to me from that. Um, first and foremost, and it makes sense, I just hadn't necessarily thought about it in those terms before, but he said for the players, Muddy thinks like the biggest adjustment is not going to be on the field. On the field, between the lines, baseball is baseball. It's going to be all the other stuff. I think it's going to be in the clubhouse, it's going to be certain sections to where like only trainers can go in the clubhouse. Uh, and, and maybe certain packs of players, like he said, four to five players can go at one time. It's going to be very regimented. It's going to be very, I mean, spot on to where they don't mess anything up. It's not going to be like, you know, how casual the clubhouse is, guys. You can go up and get, talk to a guy at his locker, uh, how, you know, however long you want, whatever. But it's going to be, it's going to be big time, man. There's, there's a lot of pages, I'm guessing, in this protocol that they're going to have to abide by. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there it's going to be very difficult, and I'll be interested to see. I, I, I had heard that there were some tweaks at the end there that players you know, kind of didn't want to do. I'm curious as to what those were 
you know, what, what changed from uh, some of the early protocols that they were talking about to what, what exists now. Um, but, you know, reading the bits and pieces that are, that are coming out here as to what it's going to be like, it, it is going to be regimented, but it has to be. I mean, this is the only way they're going to be able to do this. Uh, but from a player standpoint, I think that the no fans in the stadium is in between the lines. That is going to be a thing for them as far as yeah. the game starting. I, I think that's going to be a, a bigger deal than maybe they realize. Yeah, I mean, that's everything that we've heard coming out of the KBO. Uh, it's everything we've heard in terms of the guys who played in that White Sox-Orioles game a couple of years ago, and that was a one-off, so a little bit different. I'm sure they'll get more used to it as time goes on. I'm, I'm fully with you. I think it's going to be a pretty serious adjustment, at least at the start, for these guys. Uh, the other one that really stood out to me, Don, was the position battles. You know, like Trent Grisham was kind of seeming to have won the center field job, and, and that's what we were all saying broadcast-wise, media-wise, uh, back when we were playing spring training games. It's hard to envision a scenario, putting health aside, of course, uh, in which he loses that during this period of time, because what could he possibly do during all of these workouts? And I'm just using that as an example. But like this is just more about getting work right now. It's not going to be the same as normal spring training in terms of jobs being won and lost, it sounds like. No, I think there's much more importance will be placed on what he did in Peoria than what he does at Petco Park here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, to me, I think they've got it figured out which, what group they're going to move with on the 30 guys, probably right now. You know, yeah. I, And I think they have a real good feel as to who's going to be heading to Peoria if that's where the rest of the taxi squad goes to. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that they, they've got that all figured out. I mean, I think the you know the, the question mark is who gets the regular time at, at second base. I think that that's a big factor and uh, how they're going to proceed with that. Uh, but I, I think as far as getting the jobs and guys that are on the team, I, I really feel like that's already kind of done. I agree with Don. Nothing more to add there. They know what they're doing. Plenty of talk each and every day. I mean, all these baseball guys are done. And Jesse, it's 24-7, man. Uh, I, I'll, I'll guarantee you, Jace Tingler could have something pop up in his mind that he needs to talk to a coach. You know, probably call Bobby Dickerson at 2 a.m. And Bobby Dickerson probably has his phone right there next to him for his input. So these guys know exactly what they're doing. But you make a good point, Don, the second base and uh, position and also bullpen. So I think yeah. those are the things that they have to. But I think that, as, as Jesse mentioned, the 30 carrying, be able to right. carry 30 changes the bullpen scenario a right. little bit. Because it, it really, coming to the end of spring training in a regular season, there were going to be some tough decisions and yep. some tough conversations for those guys, uh, sending some guys to El Paso. Yeah, it sets up really well. Again, as we said, it seems from a roster standpoint, I agree, Don, they probably uh, have a very good sense of who the 30 they would like to break camp with. Uh, and, and maybe even beyond that, uh, an idea of who most of the taxi squad would be at this point, you know, probably a couple of decisions to make here and there. By the way, how weird is it that we are now less than a month away from opening day and we don't know who the Padres will be playing? That's just no odd. Idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no idea. That is odd. Yeah. We have a list. Probably you know, somebody in the National League West is my guess. Uh, yeah. Pretty good odds. Dodgers, Angels, Diamondbacks, Rockies. I mean, we. Yeah. But it's just bizarre. Yeah. I mean, like we knew opening day was supposed to be against the Rockies since like last August. And and now here we are less than a month away from from what will be hopefully opening day. And uh, no idea who they're going to play. It's really yeah. very, very strange. All right. Mentioned the KBO. Uh, it is time for our KBO sadness report. Our uh, beloved KT Wiz had a doubleheader last night as our makeup game against the first place NC oh. Dinos, and they split the twin bill. Uh, Dinos won the first game three to one before our Wiz exploded for a 19 to six victory in the finale. They scored 10 runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. They'll open up a weekend wow. series against the last place Hanwha mm. Eagles tonight. 
they, by the way, rolled into a 5-4-3 triple play last night. Not easy really? to do. And uh, it does, by the way, sound like fans could be coming to KBO games uh, sooner rather than later. The, the big highlight, I guess, in terms of the Wiz last night, Mel Rojas Jr. Uh, continues to rake it is 100th uh, career home run last night in the KBO, which is pretty cool. It was another bomb, and he now leads the entire league uh, with 15 home runs here early in the season. So the wins might not be coming at the pace that we thought, but we still get to watch Adrisa Mary Despagne pitch once a week, and we might have the new KBO home run king on the roster. So, uh, Donnie, I'm finding positives. <laughs> How many games <laughs> do they play, Jesse? Do you know they're, what they're, they're trying to play? 144. Wow. Okay, so okay, so that they're they're playing the triple uh, A schedule then. Yeah, as far as games go. So they, gotcha. they started a little late, but they're they're trying to get in. I think a full one forty four. Okay, well, that's a pretty good sample size. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. yeah absolutely. So and watching having- watching Despy pitch is the worth the price of admission in my book. <laughs> you love know, I love that him. guy. He's uh, <laughs> flipping stuff up there. It's love funny him. because it's not a strikeout league, but he's. But not in his last start, but generally this year, he's picked up a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. Like it's it's a contact league, but his his slop is working. And he's got that little <laughs> sneaky fastball as well after slop, 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 bang. See ya. That's it. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, I think we got a Fox Sports San Diego game coming up at seven o'clock tonight, going back to last year. Um, you know, it's funny because every time we talk about the Padres and baseball in 2020, probably my first thought is, oh, we get to see Fernando again. And and that makes me happy. And uh, this game uh, in July of last year, a couple of home runs at Dodger Stadium. Mud, it's so easy to kind of overlook it because we've talked about it so many times. But what he did last year when he was on the field was so electric and so impactful to this fan base. And he not only, you know, the nationally, but, you know, I know we play interleague games, but, throughout all of baseball, made an impression. And I'll be quite honest with you. I loved coming to the ballpark each and every day and watching this kid play at the big league level. Not phased one bit. Um, Any situation, it's like, you know, he has the mentality of put me in that position because I want to come through. And and here's another thing. I know we've mentioned this many times, but how many times in uh, baseball history have you seen a 20-year-old come up to the big leagues and make an impression to where, He's got everybody on the bench doing the sugar cane chop. Um, it's almost as if this kid came to the league, made an impression, and the veteran players fell in love with him. And he was the guy making things happen. So, and here's the tag at, at third base and scoring. <laughs> hey, just stay tuned. You never know what this cat's going to do. He is worth the price of admission, no doubt about that. Don, we yeah. learned as announcers. Sorry, I was just going to say Go we learned as announcers last year. Do not look down when he's on the bases, no matter what. <laughs> no, you don't know what's going to happen. I, and that's what makes him so much fun to watch is you never know what you're going to see. Um, you know, I think of you know, this is going back, dating myself, but I think when Ichiro arrived, you know, he did everything well and he was so much fun to watch and he did something different every night. And that's kind of the way I felt when Fernando arrived. I mean, you know, certainly there were much different ages and, uh, you know, it, Ichiro was much older when he arrived, but it's just that same type of thing. Like you don't know what you're going to see. And just, I I just hope he can stay healthy and that he does not have uh, the career where he runs into a great many injuries over the course of his career. I just hope last year with the two major injuries that that's just kind of a fluke thing. And and that won't be the case. Looking forward to it. Uh, So again, seven o'clock tonight coming up in about 45 minutes, uh, July 4th weekend against the Dodgers. Last year, two home run game at Chavez Ravine. I think that's it. Uh, Don, can you really? give us a preview of Friar Friday? What do you got? 
Uh, Friar Friday, it's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have you on, uh, and we're going to have some of your interviews from the week, some of the best of Social Hour. Uh, it's going to be awesome, and Mud and I are going to be there. So we'll see you Friday night. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, well, well, thank you both. And thanks everybody for hanging out. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of questions from people about like, Hey, you're going to keep doing social hour, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, we have every intention to be back on Monday, uh, as normal. And we'll kind of take it day by day after that, but, uh, yeah, we'll be there. And again, the, the plan, it sounds like is the guys are going to start reporting on Wednesday. I think there's probably a couple of days before they can get on the field fully and officially. They need to test everybody kind of run through COVID protocols, that sort of thing. Um, so I wouldn't expect formal workouts probably next week until Friday. Um, but it should be an exciting week next week. Again, we expect to get the schedule uh, at some point, probably in the next 72 hours, if not early, early next week. So that'll be a whole other thing to talk about. And as we discussed earlier, guys, it'll be different than any other schedule we've ever seen. Possibility of five game series, uh, obviously playing only those Western Division teams. I, I mean, it's pretty bizarre when you consider the Padres won't play the Cubs this year. They won't play the Cardinals or the Mets or the Phillies, um, despite obviously National League ties. So it'll be different like everything else in 2020, but uh, we're looking forward to it. How excited are you guys to to actually just like get back in the booth and do a game? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I enjoyed the virtual games. I mean, that was good enough for a while. We had fun with those, but I, I'm really excited to do real baseball. And, uh, you know, this has been the this <laughs> most strange year uh, for us. You know, I mean, it's been away for a while. I haven't had a chance to dance much. I like to dance during the course of the season. Bud likes to eat. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we're missing you know, I mean, well, Mud hasn't missed too many meals, but and it's cold in some places early in the season. We won't have that. It'll I'm be looking warm. forward to it. I'm looking forward to Look at those glasses. Uh, I'm <laughs> looking forward to uh, the challenge of doing it. But once again, just going back to the ballpark and whether it's baseball at Petco, watching the Padres, no fans, or doing it on a monitor when the team is on the road. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, I am really so excited. Gross. 29 year old uh, gum. Oh my god! Oh god! Like, like paint. Awful. Hey, Mud, is the is the stick mic back for 2020? Oh, absolutely. Oh okay. yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't mess with the equipment or, or so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank goodness uh, you guys will be back for all of that. That seems like a perfect way to end this week of Padres Social Hour. Appreciate everybody who joined us throughout the week. Uh, Jace Tingler uh, for checking in today. Don and Mud. Good night, guys. See ya. Good night now. <laughs> <laughs>